one. Spags, it's Thursday. I was a little hungover this morning, but I'm ready to rally for a big splash play draft today. Yeah, after we build Monday's show is my flu game. I'm extra sick today, so I'm going to bring my A game here, just like Pete is bringing his, because we're going to draft some players over 30 years old to celebrate Pete aging right before our eyes. We're also going to hop into Best Ball Mania 3, drafting for $10 million in total prizes on there and some fun stuff to hit on along the way. So let's just get to that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, sounding a lot like Lindsay Lohan today, I think, joined by your friend and mine, the birthday boy, Pete Overset. Pete, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, Yeah, I was just going to say, you sound, you're supposed to sound like I'm supposed to sound after a night of drinking. What what got into you? Did you lose your voice? So, yeah, basically been coughing a lot over the last few days, been uh, nasally, not sleeping very well because breathing is an important part of sleeping, Pete. So, yeah, after Monday, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I'll get through this easy. Both Luca and I have been suffering with this this virus that our my mother-in-law provided to the both of us. And she's actually got Luca at the pediatrician right now trying to do make good. She brought soup. She brought cookies. She's doing everything she can to make up for the fact that my first Father's Day, Pete, uh, Father's Day, Pete ruined completely this weekend. Yeah, that does not uh that does not sound fun uh here. What it what were you, what did you guys have on tap otherwise? Well, we were going to smoke some steaks, have uh, Alex's family over for a barbecue, celebrate, of course, the fact that uh, one of my testicles is able to create a living being, which is a, a proud moment for all of us. Uh, but yeah, instead, I just want to convalesce and be <laughs> be alone for the most part, because that's what Father's Day, like, Father's Day, I think, is about is like you got to celebrate it the way you want to. And for me, that means probably being alone in bed, watching YouTube videos, maybe rewatching ship chasing. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and people did seem to enjoy uh, that show last night. Um, although I, I'm a little hesitant to get people conditioned to thinking that they they all, they want me to drink every Wednesday night, and that is not sustainable. Yeah, if you want to see drinking uh, Friday, I think I'll be keying up the uh, Spag solo stream on the Splash Play channel. And I don't care how sick I am. If I'm this sick, I'll be having some hot toddies or some whiskey. We'll be getting into that one. And I feel like, Pete, uh, well, let's get the plugs out of the way. First of all, make sure you are following at Splash Play Pod. We do follow you back on there, whether it be on Twitter, on Instagram, or TikTok. We always try to make sure to show you guys a little love back at Splash Play Pod. And also make sure you're following at Peter Overs at following at Chris Spags and subscribe to Pete's channel as well as the Splash Play channel because that is the home, the Splash Play channel of my solo streams and of course check out footballoutsiders.com lots of great stuff coming up down there the football outsiders almanac a big deal coming up in about a month so uh, go check that stuff out at the site lots of articles as well going on uh, some dynasties of heartbreak talking about teams that have struggled over the last few years and maybe have some some uptick coming in their potential i guess teams like the Bengals in particular let's go check that out at footballoutsiders.com Pete, I do have a bone to pick, though, with one Liam Murphy, who was on Ship Chasing yesterday. Uh, Liam right now launching his YouTube channel. And, and I guess, did you check out any of his streams so far today, Pete? Because I think he is currently in the midst of a, a stream-a-thon. It's so funny you say that because I did, just for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, his stream's going on. So I, I pulled it up, and I, I just missed the screenshot by a half a second, but it was just a blank screen. He had left the frame. There was just, like, the draft board and a banner going. I, and then he immediately came back. I was really hoping to get the screenshot. My uh, tweet was going to be, uh, Liam finally figured out how to create a YouTube account 
but not how to stream himself. So, uh, yeah, I, the whole Liam thing last night, if you guys made it to the end of ship chasing and saw how the sausage got made for booking this marathon, it was uh, very, very funny. Yeah, so I will be joining that stream at 4 o'clock, so right after this show, so I'll be rolling my fantastic voice into another hour. And Pete, you know, like, you and I are both paid professional content creators. We are both men who have a, a rate. Pete gets paid to do this show by the, the company I work for. I get paid to do shows normally, but you do something for free to help people out. And I was willing to do the show for Liam, of course, uh, a millionaire best ball winner. Liam uh, then sends me a DM with the link to join the stream and also notes, and actually, you know what, I should pull up the DM to read it because I don't want to misquote uh, Liam here, of course, our best ball mania two winner who deserves all the respect in the world. Uh, Liam sends a message saying, thanks so much for coming on my channel tomorrow. Here's the link. You're scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like 50% of the team we draft, send over 1250 to Liam-Murphy603 on Venmo, and I'll mark it after the stream. If not, I'm happy to have 100% equity. Looking forward to tomorrow. Please let me know if you have any questions. So not only am I doing free content to help out somebody with a 1,000 followers on Twitter who just launched the YouTube channel, well, I am sick to the balls. I'm being charged 1250 Pete, for the right to draft the team with him which seems absolutely insane. Am I off base here? No, you're not. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. I also saw this coming by a mile away and uh, turned Liam down. I didn't want to join his parade of cattle, lining them up at the country fair, just all for his YouTube channel. So yes, uh, I dodged that bullet. And uh, you know, Liam, he's learning. He's learning, you know, how, I, I believe we call them soft skills. You know, the kind of soft skills needed to have relationships and in uh, friendships within this industry. He's off to a rough start, but hopefully he learns from this lesson. And uh, when people are doing you favors to grow your YouTube channel, you're not milking them for an extra 1250. <laughs> when you're a millionaire, a literal millionaire. Like it's insane to me, but go check out Liam's stream if you want. Watch this show first. I need to go check it on a replay or whatever, but I'll be on it at 4 p.m. And I'm not giving him a 1250. Like I think that's what's gonna happen for sure is I can't, I can't justify paying money to do free labor, Pete. No, and I mean, there is, it's, I think there, there are unspoken rules like Spags, I settle up with you every couple of weeks uh, when we do drafts on each other's account because, you know, I just think it's the right thing to do. But we're in a partnership on the show, not asking someone to do us uh, a favor to help promote our live stream. So uh, I appreciate, I, I appreciate Liam's, you know, doing it by the letter of the law. I think he is trying, you know, when I did my stream with Bime4 last year, and that was the team that finished top 10 finished uh i forget what it was 20 25 000. um had sent me the money right after for it and i to be to be completely honest i would have you know given him half of that uh regardless of whether he did it or not so i think liam is just trying to make sure there's no ambiguity with future prizes but i would hope he would just label all of those as you know spags draft uh kitchen draft and you know if those teams do well he would of course take care of the people because i've thought about this too right where it's this butterfly effect where you're like oh well if i draft a team on ship chasing and that's on my account and then i have to split it and it's like well i wouldn't have done that draft otherwise and we wouldn't have made those selections otherwise so it's like of course this is all happening because of the people you're doing it with but uh god bless liam Look, I mean, I'll be on the stream in a little bit, so I'm supporting him as best I can. And uh, yeah, that's I had to air that out right now. And if hopefully it gives Ian, uh, Liam a little bit of a boost on that one as well with the promotion aspect. And go check him out. If you want a guy who's going to nickel and dime his friends for free spots for 1250, <laughs> go check out Liam Murphy's YouTube channel because that's the exclusive home of such activities. Oh, my God. Incredible.
Well, Pete, I think it's time. I guess, is there any NFL news you want to hit on? I know the Fantasy Life newsletter, of course, my go-to source for information when I'm uh, stretched for times before a splash play episode. Uh, the only news item in there that I thought really jumped out was Terry McLaurin, Ron Rivera talking about not wanting to trade him. It does seem like perhaps they'd also don't want to pay him. So sometimes it ends up in a weird impasse. But you mentioned there that it probably is a Debo Samuel situation where he kind of has to end up back there or else he's going to be holding out and probably not getting the results he wants anyway. But anything, I guess, you have any thoughts on that or any other news items that did jump out to you over the last few days? Uh, no, yeah. I. It was interesting. Last night on Ship Chasing, I think the, those guys were more in the camp of, hey, Ron Rivera's not a really reliable narrator here, kind of leaving the door open. Hey, maybe a trade could happen. I just, I can't imagine um, that they would do that. Although, you know, they it's always an interesting thing, right? They drafted Jahan Dotson. Uh, they need playmakers, so that makes sense. Or is that also a little bit of a hedge as a contingency if McLaurin were somehow to leave or things were to head south? Maybe a little bit of both there. Uh, but yeah, pretty slow news day. I mean, what's everyone's talking about? The Eagles changed their logo today, and everyone's upset about that. That's uh, that's about all I've seen going on. So we should probably hop into our olds draft. Yeah, let's do. We're gonna go a little snake draft here of guys over 30 years old, and we even have a little graphic for it. Though uh, Pete and I before the show, that's why we started a few minutes late. We're trying to figure out how to make it look the best, and I feel like this is pretty solid. Like honestly, Pete, given the bar now for setting streaming size windows, both on this show and industry wide, I feel like that's a beautiful window. You've got size there. Yeah, we're so self-satisfied uh, with our work of sharing a PowerPoint. So, behold, <laughs> our production value. It, you know, like it's a still level beyond like you've talked about the two guys streaming in boxes next to each other. At least we got something. That's right. It is true. Um, so, yeah, the concept for this. Right. I mean, when I was doing research for this today, Spags, there aren't that many olds in the league. Mm -hmm. Like there's a natural selection bias to the NFL, specifically at the running back position where these guys just don't hang around in the league. Uh, of course, our friend Mike Leone, he gets razzed on a lot for loving these old players. They can, of course, represent values at certain points in drafts, um, but it's also fair to wonder what legitimate upside some of these guys have, even though they are known commodities. So my list is a pretty short list here. Do you have any um kind of rules you want to do at least positionally so i think what we had talked about before the show is we can only so it's four rounds here we're going to snake draft it i think we can only take one qb like I, I think we talked you know maybe about taking two qbs but i feel like one qb and then three whatever other positions there are and i do feel like part of this we got a the question from atx bearcat in the chat where's the player pool um part of the fun of this game pete is that we had to come up with our own player pools for this one do our own research our own legwork here and i've got a couple guys so i'll let you go first i can go first whatever you want because you are of course the aging birthday boy I mean, I think there's a clear, clear 101 uh, in this draft, so I will happily take first. Um, I was doing some research. I was on the pro football reference screener filtering for players born after June 16th, uh, 1992. So, you know, we've, we're out here grinding, and I, I believe Travis Kelsey has to be the 101. You were on the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same page. It's honestly yeah. different at, like different dates than Google has for some of these guys if you Google them, but uh, you are right that Travis Kelsey is the easy 101. Yeah. So now you get to double tap here. I do think there's like, if you, if we're just comparing this to underdog ADP, uh, obviously Travis Kelsey going around the one, two turn in most drafts, there is going to be a giant uh, ADP gap here to the next guy, unless I'm forgetting someone that you've unearthed. So there is one guy not on P uh, pro football references list, but there is a guy who is just 30 in April. Keenan Allen is going to be my oh, round one pick. Wow. Okay. I missed him. I missed him. 
I thought he was older, honestly. So I was like, oh, okay, he just barely made the cut. There's a couple guys like Mike Davis is only 29, which kind of threw me for a loop. I thought he'd be at least 32. But Keenan Allen, yeah, born, uh, according to Google, April 27th, 1992, which makes him just 30 years old. Wow, I got rugged by Pro Football Reference. Uh, that that one wasn't on there, right? No, it was not. Yeah, goodness, Whew, I'm so, I'm steaming. Uh, although I, it's, I think you're you were smart then maybe to take the second one here. Although now I'll be curious to see where you go here. So I think, you know, just based on the value that these guys are providing, if you are, uh, you know, drafting an underdog or really wherever for best ball, you know, regular fantasy leagues too for season long, if you're starting to do that really early, I think the round two picks for me going to be Tom Brady, just because of the fact that he does line up well with uh, Mike Evans, another guy who I thought could be 30. He's actually 28. Uh, Chris Godwin, a little bit younger as well. Uh, but Tom Brady, uh, I don't care if he's 15 years over 30. He's still fantasy wise, probably the best producer out of, you know, most quarterbacks, let alone guys over that age. So there's probably a couple of the QBs, Pete, that I know that we talked about over text that you might want to take, but for me, I think it's Tom Brady is a, you got to give him the honor here. He's got to get his laurels from being on this really prestigious over 30 players. They draft. We came up with this morning. All right. Well, I'm going to destroy your stack then. Um, and I'm going to take Rob Gronkowski here. We're going Ooh. with a, a bully tight end build in this over 30 player snake draft. I think by non quarterback wise by ADP, he's probably the next best player again, unless uh, you've, you've been able to uncover something here, obviously hasn't officially returned to the box, but you know, when you look at ADP in the markets, almost everyone is assuming it's a, a lock that he's coming back. He's going to be live for uh, double digit touchdowns again in this offense if he stays healthy. So uh, I like the Gronk pick. And did we establish, Chris, for this draft? Is this a half point PPR, uh, six points per touchdown? I just want to make sure I'm getting it in good. Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B is how I was thinking about it. But I, I don't think it's tight and premium, though, despite the way you're drafting. Okay. All right. Um, so I do have my next pick uh, ready here. And uh, I'm going to take. I quarterback. Now, I guess I could technically wait until round four just because you are now locked out. But just since you took your quarterback in round two, I will take Russell Wilson. He is 33, but mainly for that week 17 correlation, that Denver, Kansas City game. You know, I got to have my bring back uh, with Russ Wilson and Travis Kelsey. Can we give Russell the extra L on his front on his first name, please? So. Come on. You were so distracted by the spelling that you missed my really funny week 17 correlation joke in an over 30 player snake draft. I just want to make sure our PowerPoint graphics are accurate on the screen for our stream. But I do think Russell Wilson, uh, you probably could have made the case. I should have taken him ahead of Tom Brady, especially given that uh, his stack is probably a higher ADP stack, I guess. It kind of comes out in the wash, right? Broncos and Bucks, like where you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and then you have Evans and Godwin, like, they're probably the receivers are similarly drafted. I would think for both those guys real quick too, be, just before we do the last round pick here, um, are we going to force a running back selection? Because it is real. I think there's only two viable options. So, okay. I'm curious what you think the options are. So I could take two more receivers here, but I, I can take a running back. If you want me to leave one receiver available. No, no. I, I mean, there's it looking at my board, there's two wide receivers available and two running backs available. Okay. So on my board, I'm going to take Marvin Jones next. He's 32 years old, uh, viably getting drafted pairs well with Trevor Lawrence, a guy, I guess it wouldn't be shocking if he got cut <laughs> preseason maybe, uh, but still a guy that theoretically factors into the Jaguars plans was the best receiver for the Jags last year. And I think can benefit from that team being better this year. So I feel like Marvin Jones, Pete would grade out a little bit ahead of AJ green to me. Yeah. Um, I like that pick. I, uh, 
I think it's a good one. I still think I prefer Julio Jones, who is going to be my last round pick. Maybe we do the running backs as a bonus round here. Uh, Julio, I do think shouldn't be free in drafts right now. I do think when he signs with a team specifically, if it's a team with a lot of opportunity, I know we've seen the Packers kind of rumored that would obviously make a ton of sense. And I think if he signs with the Packers, you know, at the very least he's going in like the Jamison Crowder range in round 11 or 12, if not, maybe a smidge higher, um, people are going to start to, uh, really come around on Julio once we can pair him with an actual quarterback. So I'll scoop Julio here in the fourth. Actually, good point by Mark Smith saying, Marvin Jones, how about Adam Thielen? I, I, Adam Thielen is 31, which... Uh, wow. I Did I get rugged by... Pro, was he not on Pro Football Reference either? Because I went through that. He wasn't on yeah, my it, board. It might not be accurate for some of these guys on Pro Football Reference, uh, but he is born August 22nd, 1990. So yeah, he wasn't on that list because we looked at the exact same list and no, he didn't come up. That's it. From now on, I'm exclusively using an age database that I don't know whether it exists at footballoutsiders.com. Down with Pro Football Reference. They've rugged me. I should have definitely have taken out of feeling. That's true. If you want to go to footballoutsiders.com, no inaccurate age is there. Every age is as true to the day as could possibly be. Um, I haven't fact-checked that, but I can only assume that's the case. I'm actually going to take Mark Ingram for my round four, though, because we didn't know Adam Thielen was an option. Mark Ingram, at least, is a, a lower ADP leverage play and a guy who uh, could be in jail for part of the season, I guess, would be part of how that could go for Alvin Kamara. But still, a guy that's been getting to work time and time again. Wouldn't be shocking to see him get cut uh, and end up somewhere else where he's still, you know, not a bell cow back, but a guy who can get those goal line touches and get enough work to be used. So I would say Mark Ingram, probably a little more appealing to me than AJ Green, but I just wanted to take a running back. So we at least took one. Yeah. So the only other running back I had flagged along with Mark Ingram was Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Rex Burkhead still maybe an outside chance that he, uh, you know, is getting, I don't know, seven to eight touches uh, a week in, in the Texans offense. But that was about all I could muster up running back wise. I mean, I couldn't even find another one. It's once you're, uh, once you're over 30, you are not long for the NFL. Also, Mark Smith has killed us in this game. DeAndre Hopkins also over 30. And granted, he is currently suspended for juice, but he turned 30 June 6th. So actually another one that Pro Football Reference was. Well, no, but yeah, it is interesting. Mark brings that up. If you read the rules, though, you know that we are offering uh, half of the prize pool, which is a million dollars to the winner of uh weeks one through seven. And because of that, in this specific format, Hopkins isn't really viable. That's true. Our over 30 player snake drafts have very specific rules. And unfortunately, uh, when, when you have too many PDs in your system, you're just actually also not eligible anyway. So that's unfortunate how that goes. But we made that into a solid draft. Beat. I feel like we picked some good guys. Yes. Let's uh, let's hop into a, yes. a best ball mania draft here now. All right. Let me get into this. Of course, we're going to be doing it. I'm going to be producing this draft once again. So I think Max is asking earlier on what the process is for getting in here. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to give you guys a few seconds to jump in, but you can see we are playing Best Ball Mania 3. Of course, download uh, Underdog for yourself or just go to the website, underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SPLASH. Double your deposit up to $100 on there. You can play Best Ball Mania alongside us. New puppies coming out as well soon. So go check that all out at Underdog Fantasy and play alongside of us. And I'm about to hit enter now, and then I'll hit the yes button so hopefully you guys can time this out correctly and let's go pete you, have you done some best ball mania drafts are you digging in now that the puppy's gone i have been trying to squeeze uh more in uh on my own time here so yeah i went you know yesterday uh i tweeted i think you i don't know if you saw my tweet um it i was going to do a 
cardio club and it was so nice out that I was like, I can't, I can't do this inside. So I went for a nice walk outside and drafted a truly pure zero RB team where I didn't take my first running back until the double digit rounds. And uh, yeah, I had to do it to, to save the brand because you guys continue to try to expose me as a running back lover. <laughs> that was, was that your one with Brees Hall or is that the one that was on ship chasing that I saw briefly? Brees Hall was ship chasing. Yeah. Last night, uh, I think, uh, or the one I, the one I did, I guess I posted the screenshot of the first part of it. Uh, not the, not the end of it. I believe one of the bills running backs ended up being my first. And then I grabbed like Spiller and Gainwell and Damian Pierce, um, and, uh, rounded it out that way. Um, so Pete, I, I was actually did a spike week stream this week with Rob Coakley and we're Pete and I both are going to be on the, uh, best ball Royal rumble. They're doing over on the spike week channel on Friday night for uh, brief intervals on Friday. Um, so Rob was another guy who was sizing his window differently. I feel like I've gotten like the plus EV window sizing approach by you browbeating me because this window's pristine right now. And they're not, as we talked about with Liam, not a lot of pristine windows out there industry wide. I know. Yeah. And I, I tuned into the ETR stream the other day with Herzig and Leone and they had the skinny thing too. It's, um, you know, maybe I just need to kind of have everyone come on this stream. I will browbeat them, embarrass them until they figure out how to properly size it. And then the viewers can actually see a decent amount of the board and not a small sliver. I mean, look, I look at all the glory here on the screen. You can see each pick flying by, but it is one of those things where I do feel like I got a little bit of a life hack from you, Pete, that I normally wouldn't give you credit for, but here we are as we're about to pick uh, after this one. Yeah, you're always loath to give me credit for my great ideas in StreamYard production. We are in a gross spot here at pick six, uh, unless this individual wants to go rogue here and let us get uh, Jamar Chase. I'm hoping that they take a running back here, but uh, we'll see what... Uh, her Ugh, I hate it when they... Ugh, okay. I hate it when they time out and get, get the player. I would say we take Diggs here, but I know you are a big running back guy. You might want me to take Derrick Henry. What do you think? <laughs> no, I've been taking Diggs in this in this range. All right. We won't time it out. We'll give everybody those spare seconds of their lives back. Yeah. Everyone, uh, let me, I'm trying to see if I recognize names in here. I did see JW got the Influencer 101 there. Um, Jason did not time out. I have Chase. We'll pick faster then. There's no reason to sit there <laughs> deliberating, Jason. And M hiding who's usually MJ hiding in the chats in here too. So there we go. He's in, he's in the chat. We know the rule, right? Even if I always say like, Oh, I don't know if I recognize all these names by the end of the, the stream, they will have outed themselves in the chat. See Andrew, he's Limehouse. Oh yeah. And we also have Dobby and short gamer TV. One of the regulars GA also. Oh yeah. We got, this is, I think at least half of our people, if not a little bit more. <laughs> Bullock, you don't have to announce that you're in the chat. It's uh death taxes and uh our 16 year old super fan. Bullock on the iPod touch that his mom allows him to use because she won't give him cell phone access. Type it away. <laughs> the thing that's tough is uh she does have an hour limit set on it, so that so he Bullock actually does have a hard out for these shows. Oh, Bullock. Bullock always doing a great job in chat. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in. Make sure, of course, you are subscribed to Peach channel and the Splash Play channel so you can catch my solo stream on Friday where hopefully my voice will resemble, resemble the normal baritone that I bring to the airwaves over and over again. But um, either way, hit the like button, whether you're watching on Peach channel or the Splash Play channel. It really helps us out a bunch. Um, how bad was the hangover, by the way? How, and how deep did you go in last night? Because I, did, I didn't get a chance to watch because of my, my being enfeebled. My final tally on drinks was four margaritas at dinner, 32 ounce Modelo, and then three more cans of Modelo. 
Um, I chugged, like just absolutely chugged so much water. Uh, I was a little foggy this morning, but I avoided the headache, which is always kind of my big hangover goal. So yeah, I was hungover, but, but no headache. Was you declaring that you could be Gretch's dad when you were peak hammered? Cause that seemed like you're zooming on the camera. must've been a very drunk face, Pete. Yeah, that was, that was definitely at the, at the height of it. Normally after one draft on chip chasing on Wednesdays, you know, I'm getting a little tired. I'm ready to power it down, but no, we were ready to go full spags and drunkenly hop in a second draft. <laughs> tequila does. I mean, that was what a uh, one thing a bartender friend told me years ago. You take one shot of tequila and you're a better version of yourself. And after that, your mileage may vary. Uh, but we are back on the clock here. Uh, we got, we got Deandre Swift. We got Tyree kill. Uh, the, Tight ends are all gone. So I mean, I would, I would say Swift or Higgins. Higgins, huh? Okay. Yeah, I'll do Higgins. I don't know if you heard, but um the Bills and Bengals do play each other. Wait, in week 15, is it? No, no, it's actually week 17. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. That's I didn't even know there was a week 17. That's crazy. I know it's nuts. It, it it used to be just 16 weeks, but they did extend it last year. And so now a lot of the contests um have the final week in week 17. I can't wait until there's like 20 weeks because the NFL gets greedy again and you have to keep talking about your week 19 correlations and how important they are. Like every year, Dude, you just keep adding one on. How much is that going to kill my SEO? Week 19 is all that matters. And then it's like, <laughs> why does he have this week 17 video? Oh, man. Did you get any good gifts for your birthday? Gifts? Um, honestly, no. I don't think hey, I got be sending you my Wordle puzzle, I think was probably the best one, I have to assume. Uh, my parents are, my parents are, uh, paying for our flights to come out cause we're going out, uh, to Colorado in July. And so that was their gift to us, which was, which was nice as the sex bots descend <laughs> here. Yeah. The sex bots. I mean, they're giving you their own gifts where you could delete Tinder and, and still have, ha we have sex cheaper. What is that? <laughs> like, that's not a sales pitch. That's a terrible slogan. We have sex cheaper. <laughs> I'm so sick of this goddamn expensive sex. We do it on the cheap. We do it with like aluminum foil. <laughs> Call it a day. The grocery bags are our condoms. We just do it cheaper. Yeah, they can't avoid it. Um, all right, what are we looking at here? Let's see. On our board, uh, Ooh. looks like we're not getting an elite tight end, I guess, unless we want to. Nah, we, we should take one of these running backs. Should we? <laughs> um. I mean, I don't. I also don't mind Mike Williams. I do like, I mean, Kamara Hare seems nice. Because I'm I mean, but Mark Ingram, we took in the other draft. I don't want to leverage against that. I'm going Mike Williams. <sighs> Fine. High estrogen draft for us today, Pete. Always. <laughs> Nick, I trust me, I know, but I can't reason with this guy. Mm -mm. I mean, Kamara is too. They both are pretty good ADPs, but you know, the heart wants what it wants, Pete. And I'm sick. I need all the things that'll make me uh, feel slightly better. And that's Mike Williams, a little, little binky for me to hold on to yeah i uh my philosophy is i believe these guys are going to be more expensive as the season goes um specifically camara i think when we have some certainty on them camara is gonna at least be a mid-second round pick if not higher so i want to get my exposure to these guys now and then there'll be easy fades come august um when some of the uh, better wide receivers are getting pushed down a little bit so uh, i mean nick chubb at this spot my god someone take nick chubb maybe he'll fall back to us pete and then it would be like oh that's the meta game i've been playing no, was holding off for nick chubb that's not happening um eric z saying do you really like Diggs and higgins at one two feel like higgins falls around three 
is he drafted on underdog? Because I don't see Higgins falling around. Higgins, Higgins does not fall. Um, <laughs> I I think I think Higgins is absolutely mispriced. I think Higgins should be going where CD Lamb's going, and if not higher than CD Lamb, I like Higgins better than CD Lamb. Um, so I have no problem wherever you're taking Higgins there. Um, and I guess the only argument you could make is people seem to get really caught up on the wide receiver two thing. I forget what show we were talking about. I, I really don't get it. Um, Brandon cooks is a wide receiver one and he goes in round eight. Like we're, we're chasing offenses and offensive, you know, production. And if the pie is big enough, it can easily support two superstars, which is what chase and Higgins are. So yeah, I'm, I'm still, uh, I would probably have as much Higgins as I do AJ Brown if they were flipped. It's just AJ Brown ends up going a little cheaper. AJ Brown's the guy who slides like two, three picks mm -hmm. in the third, but Higgins is pretty reliably gone by three, one, right? Would you say it like the latest? Yeah. I mean, I see him sometimes go pretty high in the second. So I didn't mind taking him where we did, but like, yeah, I, I think Higgins goes pretty early and Tyreek has also fallen a lot in drafts that I've been in AJ Brown, who you mentioned also falls a lot to, uh, from where I've been seeing as well. Um, but yeah, I think Higgins Higgins also like to me makes sense because he has leverage on Jamar chase. If you didn't get Jamar chase and you get Higgins, like you are kind of saying, Oh, Jamar chase is a little bit worse this year or he gets hurt or whatever. And Higgins then benefits more. And I think there's logic on that front too. All right. Let's see what we're looking at here. I mean, you know, I would say an elite tight end, but I guess we do have Allen Robinson there too. If you wanted to get the week 17 correlation. Um, I think we should get, I think we should, uh, take Herbert. Really? Okay. So you, okay. Yeah. You'll take the stack over the correlation. Okay. I can, I can live with that. Yeah. So the, I'm, I'm not in this range. I actually want to circle back to a comment here after we make this pick. Um, someone said, what happened to not reaching for correlation, Pete? So I talk about this in the week 17 video that there's two places where I'm willing to reach at the very top of drafts and at the very end of drafts. The And it goes back to the thing I was just saying about Higgins being mispriced relative to Lamb, in my opinion. But overall, like after those top five picks, I think it's such a flat tier. And the ADP is just a reflection of the market's confidence in ordering those. I don't actually think it's representative or you're sacrificing points per game, taking Higgins five spots ahead. Like I think he's interchangeable with guys in that tier. So I am, um, I have no problem reaching when you're 17th, 18th, you want to take a guy who's not getting drafted that late, go for it. Um, and at the top of the drafts, I think setting up unique combinations specifically, uh, not that we set up a unique combination here, but I just don't think picks five to 20 order them however you want um you can go look at like the year over year of how those guys finished and that adp is not going to be as predictive like in those tighter bands yeah i look i think that's logical and, and i would say too like you know i've talked a lot about the ideal qb zone that if like pops up a lot in the road of his articles we're trying to take guys around six through 13 taking both your qbs there but like herbert you know like I, for me that's getting different to taking herbert there but like, you know, it's also, he's at ADP. Like there wasn't anybody else we loved. Like I wouldn't have minded taking one of the tight ends because I didn't think they were going to come back. But there was a chance Kittle could have fallen to us and then we would have had Herbert and Kittle. That that was going to be the point I was going to make is Kittle has been sliding. Like I've seen him go at 5'8 and 5'9 in some drafts. And I do agree with you. I love getting the elite tight end, but just knowing that there was a chance he could fall back, I felt like prioritizing Herbert there made a little bit of sense. Okay, not, not a great group of running backs, but we could take Cam Akers who's fallen a lot and he is behind ADP here and get that. I'd probably do Akers with our, yeah. with our stack. All right. That works. 
What uh, what's his ADP these days? Uh, he's at forty something now. Uh, you're forty five. We got about a ten pick slide there. Yeah. Nice value. Yeah, and man, I do. I am glad to kind of see that Amari's ADP is kind of getting in check. I don't know what caused that. If it's just more uncertainty around Deshaun Watson, but he was way too pricey, and I think he still might slide a little further. I'm trying to think of like what will be my entry point to start getting some more Amari shares, but I'd like to see him probably, um, you know, maybe into round six before I feel like sprinkling him in. And Cam Akers has fallen enough. Like, I mean, it's easy to kind of poke holes in Cam Akers overall just because of the fact that, you know, there are a lot of running backs in that room. They did draft another one in Kyron Williams in addition to having Darrell Henderson and whatever else they're going to bring into that room over the course of the you know preseason. But I would say to me, like, Cam Akers was getting 25 touches a game coming off that Achilles injury or whatever it was last year, right into the playoffs and getting a lot of work. So you got to think they're motivated to give him touches and see how that goes first. And if that is the case, like, he could be very valuable, could also kind of, you know, be your leverage against a lot of the other Rams players. Like we didn't get cup. We didn't take Allen Robinson. So maybe a lot of that touchdown production goes to Cam Akers. Yeah. And this is honestly, I know again, when we talk about the week 17 stuff, yada, yada, having player takes like one of the reasons I appreciate the correlation angle is because it leads me to natural diversification. If we didn't have this correlation angle, I never selected Cam Akers there. I don't want Cam Akers. I like other running backs. I, I, there's probably a wide receiver I'd rather take. But having permission because of the correlation um, in getting exposure to guys that I don't, I don't want 0% cam acres, right? And so mm-hmm. when are the logical places that you can get him? Okay, well, we have an LAC stack and they play the, the Rams. And then on top of that, he slides 10 picks past ADP and we're in kind of a zero RB build. So it's like when it really lines up like that and checks all the boxes, that's where I think you have the green light. Yeah, no, I think that's a very logical point. I would think too, like in terms of Rams chargers correlations for week 17, like acres with a receiver and Herbert and just one receiver and Herbert, I think it's probably not terribly highly owned. You would think like a lot of more people would be going to the cup correlation or the Allen Robinson. So just want to take acres there. I think you're getting different. Yeah. We're on the clock here. I mean, yeah, I, I was bummed up more when I'm good with London. No, no, Jacob, no Burrow. You don't want to take a, our second QB and be done. We love elite QBs here on Splash Play. So, yeah, take London. Um, my my thing, what I was saying to someone, I think it was in the comments of one of our last videos on the elite QB. Oh, because yeah, so because of your uh, when you double tapped elite QB last mm-hmm. time, I think what I my kind of take on it is I'm not anti elite QB necessarily, but I do really want a discount on one of them. If I'm doing it, probably the second one. Um, I just don't like forcing it there. Um, and again, trying to think, you know, in a single game week, like, is it the best use of our sixth round pick to see if, you know, Burrow can outscore Herbert by like one or two extra points of the quarterback spot, or is it worth it to ha- grab a rookie like Drake London who could realistically put up a 30 point week and end up in our flex there too. So it's just like not my favorite way to allocate resources in the BBM three structure overall. Now that said, I also think these are the scenarios where it's like, let Joe Burrow go here because we like Drake London. And if he falls back to you, boom. Now again, similar to the acres thing, you've gotten the permission in the green light to go the double QB because you got, you got the discount on it. I think that makes sense. We took Herbert to pick ahead of ADP is what I was looking up there as I was moving the screen around. So 
Yeah, I think I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. You know, I just as I talked about when we did do the double elite QB draft, like I get scooped on QB so often, and it's been starting to drive me insane. I haven't been drafting as much this week. I uh, just kind of to let the the best ball mania stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get hard. I think, and, and I'm gonna get hard. I'm gonna go hard <laughs> in July and August. No bonks. Um, and then you know start drafting more. But like. <laughs> I've been scooped so heavy on the puppy and double QBs that I wanted that I just, I'm tired of getting those stacks broken up that I just wanted to get it done. Um, but your point's probably a smarter way to do it rather than just holding revenge in mind when drafting your QBs. Let's see uh, what we have going on here with this pick. Ugh. Um, Should we take Hawkinson just to be done at tight end? Or not be um, done, but you know. I mean, he's again a guy I don't feel like reaching for because I I've gotten him at pick ninety. So taking him at, um, I don't know. I would probably just take this is I'd probably take Hopkins. This would be a spot where I'd get exposure to Hopkins with our with our Drake London. I mean, now that we know he's thirty and also out for so long, I don't know, but I think that it does make sense to have a bring back here for our Week Seventeen correlation: Drake London, DeAndre Hopkins. I hope Hopkinson comes back because otherwise, I think we're really going to be fishing at tight end. Yeah. Um. Alex says, I was told last night that you can't take two QBs early. You guys can't beg us to sauce your teams and then get mad when there's uh, not consistency overlap. Uh, because if I politely say, oh, that's a really nice structure you made, then everyone gets mad that you didn't get sauce. So yes, when you ask for the sauce, <laughs> you're just going to get uh, hot takes that might not actually be true. But I, I still, I still maintain that I don't want to be reaching or even taking elite QBs at cost. Like I need, I need a discount on it to, to do it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I've taken Mahomes sometimes. I, I think it might've been on one of my stream drafts where he fell to like the late fourth round and was like, okay, I'll take him here. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think your point about the value part of that is important and you are a value hound. I can't, I can't howl. I, I've actually watched your best ball breakfast and was like, I would like to howl on a stream and this is not good howling conditions for me, but value hound. <laughs> wow. Maybe <laughs> just leave that bit to me. No, I couldn't even do oh. it too. I bailed on it. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Um, yeah, the interesting, the chat was talking about Burks. That was actually another uh, news item. Uh, I believe, what was it? I'm searching right now. He wasn't showing up to minicamp. Uh, he's been he's unavailable. unavailable. He was out initially because of the asthma, and then I think was just not practicing, and, and Vrabel was kind of, I don't know, ambiguous about it, but kind of throwing him under the bus. Yeah, and to me, uh, you know, T's and P's to Traylon Burks, but if, if this gives us even more of a dip on him, um, I'm I'm happy to scoop it up. Again, like our entire focus here, why did we take DeAndre Hopkins? Because we're not worried about him missing the first seven weeks. We're we're hoping that he can finish the season strong for us. Same with Traylon Burks. Okay, he get he gets off to a slow start or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like we we would just want him to surge in the back half of the season. So I'll happily take uh, the Burks discount if the market continues to overact, overreact to that. Yeah, I mean, Burks, I've talked a lot about some of the player profile or college dominator numbers recently and just, you know, trying to be not slavish to those, but certainly uh, paying more attention to him. And Burks is the top guy in the class. Like, I think he had 32% of his team's production overall in college and, um, you know, fits that A.J. Brown archetype, kind of, kind of a slow, big-bodied guy, but still um, a lot of production there and a high level of competition in college, so... Um, I like Burks a lot, but I, I think if people are going to make him fall, like I'll, I'll happily take him when he falls. Yeah. Um, coming up in a pick here. No, no weird uh, draft so far. <laughs> this is 
This is such a, a weird take. When has a running back ever come back from an Achilles and been good the following year? How about when Adrian Peterson had an ACL tear and they came back and crested 2,000 yards rushing? The, the ACL stuff isn't uh, near as big of a deal uh, these days. Um, we're on the clock here. Anybody jumping out to you or should I just go with the Dallas Goddard cue that I put in? Um, that's fine. Sorry. I didn't get to see the board quick enough. No, to it's look. okay. Um, I mean, we didn't have anybody else that made a ton of sense. Like Stafford, we probably don't want, we don't want Trey Lance. Kenneth Walker, uh, rebranded officially as Ken Walker on here, which I had not seen yet. Um, I like that. I like I think Ken Walker, though, could easily fall back to us. Like, so I didn't feel like we needed to press that. I, man, I've been really coming around on Walker a little bit. Um, I like him a lot in this range. Yeah, I think he's a solid play. And, you know, a lot of people, we, we, we both like Brees Hall a lot. So I'm not going to say that, you know, Ken Walker is necessarily as good as Brees Hall, but the scenario is there for him. Like, I have a lot of Rashad Penny. And I do think at a certain point, when in my best ball mania exposure, like, I have to start prioritizing Ken Walker a bit more because, like, Penny can be okay as the lower ADP guy, but it's just as likely that Ken Walker comes in and is actually like a monster. Yeah. And I mean, it just in general, those. I, that not it's not the exact same comparison, but you know JJ late round QB also by the way going to be on randomizer tonight. He's done a lot of look uh, work looking at those ambiguous backfields, and you know last year I think that Edmonds Connor was a really good example of that. And the and I would say Walker and Penny are going in similar ranges. Um, Edmonds was going in the Walker range last year. Connor going in the Rashad Penny range, and you just want exposure. Um, to those backfields. And I, I get the knock that Seattle's offense isn't going to be as good as, you know, the Cardinals, but we also know Pete Carroll wants to run the ball at all costs. So I think there's gonna be plenty of volume there. And, uh, and those rookies have a chance to surge late. Um, I'd, pro I'd probably, I still have been grabbing Patterson. Um, unless you have anyone else here that you like, I was thinking Patterson or Singletary for the correlations. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll go, I'll go Patterson. Why not? Another guy over 32. He's 32, I think, is what I saw on. on uh, wow. Pro we really, pro, pro Football Reference really screwed us on uh, <laughs> on our draft. I, my board seems so small using their uh, their database. It's funny, too, because like Pro Football Reference, I think, is really a fantastic site. Like Basketball Reference is what I build all my NBA stuff off of. So like I, I have an affinity for them. But they're usually like spot on in a way that that age chart was not spot on. Like it missed a lot of those. Like Mark Smith had a better chart than Pro Football Reference had, which I don't I don't know how that happened. I know. Uh, this is a funny thing with the naming conventions with Kenneth. Uh, and Ken Walker, uh, because last night on our draft, I like using Rotoviz has this command center during a draft and it kind of like syncs with your FFPC account. And so you can see, you know, best available based on like Rotoviz ranks and ADP, but something with the Kenneth Walker name isn't synced up. So in Rotoviz, it always shows Kenneth Walker as being available because I guess on FFPC, it's Ken Walker. Anyway, somehow the name match doesn't work. So I'm sitting there hammered last night being like, we've got to take Kenneth Walker. Everyone's like, he's gone uh, three rounds early. But uh, I got rugged on that because of Ken versus Kenneth. I think he prefers Ken. Like I tend to, you know, when the Casigliari talk about playing God, like you got to call the guys what they want to be called. Like it's weird when they go with another name or another version of a guy's name for forever. And it's like, no, I actually prefer to be called Ken. Like I agree. Let's change it to Ken. It, it's just odd that it got that far down his life where everybody's like, yeah, Kenneth Walker, the third. He's like, no, I'm just Ken Walker. Like that's a pretty big rebrand for a guy coming into the NFL. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it's, I can't tell, I mean, I know, you know, underdog, we, we changed from what Will Fuller to William Fuller, the fifth. Um, and they're just using their, 
their stats provider and database for those. But I wonder how that actually gets processed. Does does Fuller and his agent go to the league and say request a, an actual name change under their their? I'm, I'm just wondering how that actually materializes. I mean, they have to file to change their jersey number, so you'd think like they have to make some sort of process, I guess. But that's the NFL bureaucracy we don't hear much about when we're drafting fantasy guys. And frankly, I'd be curious to know too. Uh, uh you noticing this here? Hang on. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to the board or the uh, the queue. Oh, we are on the clock. Okay, yes. Uh, Naked eight. This is a good bit, but if you spam this in the chat, I will. You get to do it once. I will block you if you keep that up. So we didn't take Walker. Should we take Penny? Um, yeah, I'm good with Penny. I like Penny and Ramondre. Okay. I had a lot of Ramondre early, and I haven't been taking much Ramondre over the last few weeks, and I don't really know why, but he just hasn't kind of lined up with wherever my ADP was. But I like that we got Penny there. Like, I think that's one of those decision tree things that I talk about that I find to be a helpful way for me to draft is like, okay, we passed on Walker. So like we kind of said, Hey, Walker is not going to be as good, even though like, you know, we kind of debated on the show, but, but for our draft itself, like we didn't take Walker. So we should take Penny. I think. Yeah. Let me, I missed i uh, I'm trying to keep track here. So we had, we had Philly at tight end doubled up on Atlanta and then got our first Seattle. So we're, we're live. I guess there really aren't any jets that are going to be, I guess Michael Carter could come back and that wouldn't be not terrible yeah i'm not i'm definitely not like forcing those running back running back uh stuff there is a bit of a let me see the uh the running backs available here mm-hmm. oh wait oh, no oh no i popped it out oh no this is no, scary now okay, no, no, okay. I see it, fine. <laughs> okay i was worried about there being a new tab a new window but here are our running backs we should also kind of think through what our quarterback strategy is going to be because I guess outside of Atlanta, all of our other quarterbacks are, uh, or stacked quarterbacks are, are long gone. I mean, I feel like now we're probably in taking Trevor Lawrence and cobbling together Jacksonville late and maybe Houston. Daniel yeah. Jones, too, maybe we also could. Yeah. I mean, you, there's still plenty of uh backdoor options here. I just like to plan ahead a little bit, seeing what, what stuff you could potentially set up. Um, I would have been more logical if we took Ramondre, but I never take Mike Gasicki and we can probably get Gasicki and to a. Yeah. Uh, the other thing though, too, which is nice. Um, like even if you grab Gasicki, uh, it also leaves you open. Even if you miss Tua, then setting up, you know, a Bourne, a Taekwon Thornton, and mm. then getting Mac Jones late too. So we think it'd take a sicky here or is there anybody else? Um, I mean, I like Jamison Williams too, which also opens up Jared Goff. And I, I do think we need, I think there's a little bit of a gap after this. All right. I'll take Jamison Williams. We're, we're a little light on receiver. Like we ended up going a little bit RB heavy in the middle there. So I think taking one guy who's got some upside with Williams, I'm, I'm all right with that. Yeah. And we also have a lot of, I mean, between Williams, Hopkins, even maybe Drake London starting slow. We have a lot of guys that might not give us production at the start of the season. No, that's a fair point. Yeah. I do. I do love this range for running backs that um, those next three best available, Ronald Jones, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller. I think those are all, Fantastic picks. So Bullock's eggs, Spags gonna be throat lube. What? I don't know what throat lube. 
would be. But I think, you know, normally tea and honey, if you're a broadcasting professional, is one way to, to get your, your voice lubricated. I don't think they sell throat lube in the store unless Bullock knows something from his mom. <laughs> I think we should bonk Bullock. <laughs> What? Matt's saying don't like having Hop and Jameson. I mean, I guess the point you made, Pete, would be the reason why, but I don't see any other reason to not want those two together. Yeah, no, that's that I was saying. If you stack up way too many of those guys that are injured, suspended, rookies, yada, yada, I could get how it'd be an issue. I don't think we've um, pushed past that yet. I just think it is something to file away as we go throughout the rest of this draft that um, we want to make sure that we do have enough. It's a, it's a balance, right? You, you want... You need to, you need to, you know, advance out of this 12 person grouping. Um, but ultimately we're still trying to pack in as much upside for the playoffs as possible. And Jameson Williams has said he's going to be available for training camp. Like obviously we are still a month out, so there is enough time for him to get there and it seems implausible. Um, but he said it publicly enough times that I'm willing to, you know, at least see how that goes. So I don't, you know it's possible he's there, but, and he's going to be a boomer bust guy anyway. Like, I don't think he's going to be like a 10 target guy. He's probably a better in best ball guy, no matter what the configuration is. And the also kind of thinking through just how I think about some of those picks too, because we were just talking about, Oh, what could be our in game QB two strategy for this draft? I like one. I think Jamison Williams is a good pick. I think we needed another wide receiver and it gives us a Jared Goff out as a QB two late. I think like a Goff Herbert is a pretty solid pairing. Um, I don't even know if Chark is still available. Potentially we could even, um, do that. Although, um, I really, like I said, I believe Rojo and Spiller and Hines, like I love all of these running backs here. Um, this is such a nice zero RB range, even down to Henderson. Um, so I would be inclined to take one of those guys here. Yeah. And the perpetually falling Michael Carter still there as well. Uh, Sean G asking, where does Chark go in these? Uh, looks like he's going normally around the 148.7, so about 149. Yeah. Um, which of the which of those running backs I talked about? Because I mean, I'm I'm in for Rojo Spiller or Hines. Uh Spiller is kind of my flavor of the week right now, but I like any of those guys. Um no, no, definitely do Spiller. Let's cause let's just keep building out this. Uh, I completely for blank that we have Herbert going. Okay. Yeah, I'll take him. And theoretically, like the the reason you would take him for a week 17 correlation is that, you know, Eckler is not out there for some reason. So should theoretically get some of that pass game work if that were the case. So I think it's not a terrible. I, I don't love the QB running back correlations. I, I know you're a little more willing to go there and, and people in general are than I am. I, am. I have kind of a brain block with that. But Spiller, like if he if he works out the way that we're hoping he works out, like he'll probably catch some passes. Yeah, and Andy's cheap. He, yeah, and if he you know, if he pays off on this, it's probably because Eckler got hurt. And, um, and then at that case, like the, you know, he, he's probably like worth a second round pick in that scenario. And so you don't really care, uh, about the correlation relative to the cost. Uh, there, I think the other reason I like it too, is, you know, there's two other really good stacking options with Herbert after that, or I shouldn't say really good, but the only other ones you'd want, which would be Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett. I sometimes I have no problem having Herbert with three other chargers players, but I also like not being forced to reach for those guys. Like say, if you just get sniped on that. So we already have the double stack with Herbert. So I kind of like having that flexibility there. Um, and because it, it fit our Palmer. build. Yeah. The second I opened Palmer's name to put him in the queue, somebody took Palmer. 
Yeah, what what is his ADP these days? Uh, he is. This feels like he went high. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I saw that's probably a little Josh Norris steam. Uh, Josh Norris has been pumping uh, Palmer on on Twitter and shows lately, so I bet we're going to see his ADP creep up a little bit here. I feel like Mark to me has been coming in with some good takes, some takes that I don't think are the best. This one, QBR running back correlations get overlooked. It's more cool than people admit, but the goal of what you're trying to do when you're correlating, especially for DFS, is like you don't want your QB and running back because the QB has the better day by you know just passing other guys and actually getting all the production from that. The running back, though, is going to have worse days because the quarterback is passing well and he's not going to get all of his production from the quarterback. Um, let's so. make this pick here. Uh, yeah. Let's... Um... I mean, I, I'm fine grabbing Van Jefferson and just uh, and having you know we're obviously playing for this game. Okay, but my, yeah, my thing I'm never gonna have an issue with, but yeah, yeah. What are we at running back wise? Are we at four? Yeah, yeah, one four seven one. So my thing with the correlations is again, I think it's it's kind of simple to think through in that there's two different types of correlations. There's the season long macro correlation on just like what teams are going to be good. If Austin Eckler tears his ACL in minicamp, the fucking correlation on an individual player game level between Herbert and Spiller does not fucking matter. It will be an absolute mm. smash. Um, if you want to make the conversations about them being like neutral or maybe slightly negatively correlated on a per play pay basis or in a single game, like I kind of get that. But still, if if the Chargers put up 40 points in week 17, I'm going to want pieces of the entire offense and I'm not you know, super concerned about slightly negative correlations in that regard. But I wouldn't give a guy a boost and be like, oh, well, people overlook quarterback running back. Like, I don't think that's like a positive. I think what you're saying about the offense makes sense, but like, yeah. I don't think that's a positive when you're, especially trying to just target, you know, week 17 correlations. Yeah. I'm never going, I'm never going out of my way to be like, oh, I really want a running back with this one. I do think you just need to just do a quick screener of like, Hey, does this running back catch passes? We've seen some anomalies in the past. Like I remember when I had a Stuart Gibson from advanced sports analytics on my GPP show, uh, last year or two years ago, we were looking at how Tannehill, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry were all positively correlated, which is pretty crazy considering Henry didn't even really catch passes, but it was just because the way the Titans offense functioned when they rolled, the entire team rolled, um, both the passing game and the running back game. That's obviously probably an outlier scenario, and Derrick Henry is the ultimate outlier. But as long as the running back catches passes, um, I think the stacks make sense. Because ultimately what you're really wanting for Week 17, say say you grab Eckler with Herbert. You you want a Herbert to Eckler touchdown pass. Like that's really, and, and that's live because Eckler will catch passes. I think it gets a little thinner where it's like, okay, Ronald Jones with Patrick Mahomes, then you, you're probably just banking on like the full season correlation. Hey, the Chiefs are going to be good. I think Ronald Jones might take over the backfield, yada, yada. But it's probably unlikely in week 17 that Ronald Jones is catching a pass touching uh, a pass touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, you know, I think that's always been the one that I kind of look at the most or the one that I look at the most rather is like the McKissick Carson Wentz for Washington or whatever McKissick has been uh, with every QB historically is like, 90% of the stuff he's getting you and kind of a Naheem Hines is similar, but he also gets the benefit of like, if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, he should theoretically get some carries too. But like McKissick, like everything he's doing is coming from the QB. So like, that's a pure correlation. Whereas the other is just like, Oh, the rising, like a rising tide correlation. I think it's different than a direct correlation. Yeah. All right. What are we, what are we, we at here? Is, is, um, is Everett still available? He is available. Should we just take him to make sure we get him? I think so. This is kind of the spot where it's like, what, there's one tight end ahead of him? 
in ADP. Yeah, Njoku. Yeah, I think we probably risk on losing him if we don't get it. No, I think that's fair. We we punted enough, and now we're already scrapping at QB. I know you're you're a little you know willing to kind of get weird with onesie positions, but I hate getting the number two of either tight end or QB super late just because I feel like the overall quality of the lineup feels like it drops off a lot. I don't I don't mind it if I um if I get an elite one right. So I think we we paired paired it well at tight end. We didn't get the super elite. We didn't get the Waller or Kittle. Um, if I get a Waller or Kittle, I'm I'm more willing to say what get an Evan Ingram later something like that. We we got Goddard, so then it's like all right, let's let's push up where we get our tight end too a little bit. Everett definitely kind of fits that bill. And then with quarterback with Herbert, I mean the capital we invested in Herbert, I mean <laughs> we need him to smash uh, for this team to have any chance of being good. So then. I'm a little more willing to push our QB two out. So who are our options right now? Jared Goff is still a stack candidate. Yeah, I think I got Matt Ryan doesn't correlate with anything we have. Mac Jones. Yeah, I think it's Goff. Let me see our wide receivers again. Um, Oh, the, the other thing we could do too. And like, I'm more willing to push it than most people. Like you, you might, I'm actually curious on this because on a build like this, I think my preference would be Goff. If Goff um, fell to us at a good price, I think I'd prefer him. If not, I'd honestly have no problem ripping a Herbert Ritter team. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, GA asking Mariota or Ritter, I have enough Mariota, someone to give you Ritter, but I I think it's still Mariota. Like, I think Mariota starts the season at least and has a shot to win the job, and I, I feel like I feel more comfortable with that, but, but Ritter's getting a chance. Like, they have been pretty clear Ritter's going to get a chance to win the job in training camp, so... Um, like it's anybody's guess who gets there. It just feels to me more like Mariota. I guess this is his last shot. If he doesn't win this job, like he's not starting anywhere again. Yeah, I think I might just be in the minority with it. And I know, you know, Pat was, you know, telling me last night, uh, Ritter's just not good. Um, if he runs a lot, it might not even matter. Um, and I don't know. It's just, I just hate betting on uh, needing Mariota to just hold on to that job for 17 weeks. Do you think so? Speaking of the running back correlations, I feel like Jamal Williams wouldn't be a bad pick here if we are going to yeah. end up on golf. Okay. I don't mind that. I, I I did that move the other day, I think, too, where grab Jamal and then I think I actually ended up getting sniped on golf and it didn't it didn't work. Um, but it happens. Right, there we go. So Jamal Williams, and then we are at currently a one five seven two build. So probably one more running back and definitely at least one more QB. Yeah. Uh, what, so we have three more picks and I think, I think one more wide receiver. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I know Draco had an article about running backs this week on road to visit. He told me to take a look at it and I've just haven't, I, I looked at it quickly and didn't quite, didn't take any lessons away from it. Cause my brain fog is not the, the, uh, most helpful thing in the world right now. But like he, there was some takeaways that he had in his article that he did most recently for road about people not taking enough running backs. And I, I take five a lot and I do feel like six generally seems more optimal and seven. If you are doing zero RB a lot, like, like I am and like Pete used to do uh, that seven sometimes could be even more optional. Optimal. Yeah. The other thing I think we should think about um, if we are setting up this Jared Goff stack, um, we will have the double. We won't have uh, a bears wide receiver. I think Pringle and Velas Jones would also make sense as our kind of third or our final luxury wide receiver pick. Yeah. 
I, I think Pringle's underrated. Like I do think, you know, Vilas Jones, certainly the rookie coming in and getting his locker next to Justin Fields, like all that stuff does read well in news headlines, but like, Pringle was quietly better than Hardman was last year for Kansas city and, and to Marcus Robinson. Like he was actually pretty, pretty good overall. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind Pringle. I don't think he should be going. I mean, I've said this on the show before. I don't think he should be going in the 18th round. Like I think he should be 16, 17, like as a guy who they signed and went out of their way to get. And, you know, Somebody has to catch balls in that offense besides Mooney. Let's um, let's see the board here. I'm just curious doing thought. Exp- I mean, actually, it, it seems highly unlikely we're going to get sniped on golf. I mean, there's a ton of quarterbacks here and we could even that's the nice thing about uh, we could set up anything else we wanted here. Like we could do a Matt Ryan, Paris Campbell. We could do a Ryan Tannehill. Nick Westbrook, Akine, not that I necessarily want to do that. We could do a Mac Jones, Taekwon Thornton. So, I mean, there's plenty of other kind of options here, although I still kind of, I think, prefer the to to round out our, our Lions stuff with Goff. Yeah, I, I don't mind waiting until the 17th for Goff. Like, I don't think there's going to, I mean, let's see who's picking after us. All these guys have two QBs except for this guy. For My only, Mike. what is a... Uh... If there's a running back we like, um, I definitely don't mind uh, waiting. But I also think this is a pretty flat tier of running backs. Yeah. I mean, McKissick gives us a little bit more of a floor, but we don't really need the floor that running back as much this draft. Uh, we are on the clock, though. Um, just you want to just take off? I think I'd just take off. I mean, yeah. Right. Unless there's a running back you like, I don't like, I don't mind McKissick. Like I do think, you know, you, you've kind of sold me on the value of McKissick, especially when you have flimsier running back rooms where it's like, yeah. he's going to give you a couple catches and, and do something useful. But you know, like we, we need Goff in this build. We probably don't need McKissick in this build. Right. And I, I kind of, I view Jamal Williams and McKissick and James White all as like very similar picks. And I normally don't want to have, two of those types. I don't mind having one of them, but I'd rather kind of swing for the fences with another one of our running back picks. I mean, Deontay Foreman remains one of my, my favorite picks in this range just because the upside is, is so big with an injury. GA make it a good point. He, and he is in the draft as well as in the chat, but Watson going undrafted. He asks uh, Watson falling precipitously and, uh, like you could kind of talk me into not drafting him, but it does feel like at a certain point, somebody's going to take him. Yeah. I mean, he is starting to get more interesting. Uh, again, like in our build, I don't think we just take, you know, Deshaun Watson just because he's there. But if you had drafted a Kareem Hunt and a David Bell and you're kind of just fishing around for your QB two and he's sliding, then I start to think it gets pretty interesting. Yeah. I feel pretty I, gross so- because. I think I have some like round 11 or round 12 shares of Deshaun Watson early on in BBM. Yeah, I was, was going to say, especially at a best ball mania, like you're getting him at a good value relative to a lot of the other lineups with him. Cause he was going like around the hundred spot for a while there. Breaking news. Uh, rookies and sophomore two is live 75 K in prizes, 15 K to first $10 entry. Uh, maybe we will uh, do a rookies and sophomore draft uh, next week. Perhaps, perhaps we can dabble there instead of uh, spending all this good hard-earned money on on Best Ball Mania Three. Where are we going to go next? That is the question. Um. So, are both those um, Bears wide receivers still kicking around? 
I would presume so. Uh, Pringle, yeah, Pringle's still there. Velas did get taken. Ooh, then if Velas is gone, then we should, probably should just take Pringle. All right. Tyrion uh, Davis Price. All right, Pringle drafted. So we are now at a two-five-eight-two build. You, do you think one more running back in the eighteen? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think a two six eight two would this make sense? We'll have a lot of the guys that I know. I think you like. I saw that Nick was saying a big Chris Evans guy. I've been taking more P Ryan, but I, I get people do like Evans more in the hopes that he takes P Ryan's role. Um, Hassan Haskins there, Sonny Michelle there. We got a lot of guys we could take that I think would be pretty solid in the eighteen. Yeah, let me see. Are there any other? Are there any uh, week seventeen tiebreakers we can do here? Um, uh, we, I'm looking we, at the ones we don't have. We don't have New Orleans. We could maybe do Mark Ingram. We don't have a jet. Yeah. There wouldn't be one to take there. Yeah, Mark Ingram is interesting given that we did do we did draft him before the draft. So maybe it's that's a sign from the heavens that this could be the thing our lineup needs. You're right. Yeah. The I, I will say, like, if have we gotten an update on the David Johnson thing? They brought him in. Was there any other follow-up to that? You know, it seemed like some of the, the reporters were extrapolating a little more that they were close to signing than he actually was. Uh, but I don't think there's been anything else. I think it was just, just a pure visit at this point. Yeah. yeah well, maybe that's one of those things fact, where like they, they, they took him in and they were like, okay, if something goes wrong, we'll bring you. But like that, that could be the situation for him. Well, Spags, I know how much you love your, um, decision tree leverage and so after you you know wanted to pass on camara uh taking ingram uh makes a little sense there i do think the the decision tree overall like solid branding for for my draft angle where i could be like it's all about the decision tree and we like fuck week 17 decision tree drafting is the move like there's a brand there somewhere um yeah this was a good question max i was keeping an eye on that mckinnon is gone um He's in this interest. Like I will say right now, if you're in drafts, take advantage of McKinnon before this ADP fully refreshes, uh, because he's still in some of these drafts sliding, you know, to pick two ten or whatever, just because he's buried in the queue. But I think once uh, the sharper drafters start scooping him up in the you know 16th, 17th rounds, probably 15th, 16th, he's going to move up. And I think, I think he'll be even be. He should, in my opinion, be higher than even like Darrell Williams, where Darrell Williams kind of shot up to. Interesting. I feel like he should be close to Darrell Williams because they kind of have the same thesis of the play, not to steal. Your, I think, I think you know. close to, I'm just saying, I think I prefer McKinnon to Darrell. Okay. Interesting. All right. We're on the clock again. I mean, McKissick is still there, but I feel like we did, we did pass on Kamara. So Ingram or McKissick, which one's better to you? Uh, Ingram. Okay. Yeah, I, this might be my first pick of Mark Ingram at all. So despite my reported really? love of the olds, my first Mark Ingram, all, all best ball mania. I made it a resolution uh, a week or so ago that I was like, I need to start taking a little bit more Mark Ingram. Um, I think uh, obviously he's not as fun or sexy as uh Deontay Foreman. If you can consider Deontay Foreman sexy as a, as a handcuff. Um, but Mark Ingram, feels a lot to me like a, a Mike Davis type, right? Where that year, um, you know, he was, he was clearly Dalvin cook's handcuff and no one was drafting him because it was fucking Mike Davis and no one wanted to get excited about him. But then he got just massive usage when McCaffrey went down. I mean, if, if Kamara gets hurt or doesn't play, gets suspended, I mean, Ingram's going to get what 15 touches minimum, uh, a game. I think that's a pretty palatable price tag here. And it also kind of 
evens out. People were talking about all of our injured and suspended players uh, earlier. You know, Mark Ingram's probably a guy who's more of a fast start guy, right? As opposed to yeah. he's holding on to the job for week 17. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, yeah, I don't mind taking Ingram there. Like, I think he, he certainly spelled out the logic pretty well. Um, and of course, Pat Corain uh, going to be, I'm sure, happy somewhere. He felt a wave of joy overcome himself as Greg Dulcich here goes to round out the draft. I think I think Pat's single-handedly driving some Dulcich ADP. I saw someone tag ship chasing, or they were doing a draft while watching ship chasing, and it, their last pick was Greg Dulcich. So uh, I think Pat is uh, Pat's favorite flyer is getting steamy. Uh, I'll title this one Mark Ingram and the gang. Cause you got to title your draft after your 18th round pick. I think we all know that. So right, what so is think... your, what is the, your naming commit? You name them when we draft together. Yes. Everything else. I just kind of figure what, it, whatever it got drafted. I'm not going to know. I don't need, I don't need to let you have a level, like an OCD level of specificity to yours where it's how many calories you burn, what the structure is for me. Uh, maybe next year I'll get into that more for me. It's just like, if one of them wins, cool. I won. I don't no. need to know. I do have a little OCD with the BBM three. I didn't name a single one of my puppy drafts unless we uh, did it together. I was like, that's, that's too much. I do like, I just think it would be fun. I want to know what type of draft, like last year it was very fun that my best team was one that I drafted on stream. Uh, and then, you know, if it was a cardio club draft, a splash play draft, it just will be fun uh, to know. And just to know the date too. Uh, I think uh, I like having that information. No, I mean, you've gotten a level beyond your knowledge base is stronger for me. It's like, okay, how do I just keep everything else together and keep a functional life while trying to max out this tournament? But I get it. You know, when you're a savvy vet like Pete, you can categorize things as you please. Uh, Pete, what's the schedule for you? Of course, we're going to be appearing on the uh, Spike Week Royal Rumble of Best Ball coming up tomorrow night. So we should plug that. Make sure you go check out Spike Week. Subscribe there. Of course, I'll be doing the solo stream right before that because, as you can tell, I have a lot of voice to give. So I'm going to keep just rolling hours of streams out. So tomorrow, come join me on the Splash Play channel. Subscribe over there. There, as well as, of course, subscribing to Pete's channel to see all the content that you have going on. But Pete, anything else you, you want to add for the people here before we jump off? Uh, yeah, just tonight. Uh, very excited to do randomizer stream right. with JJ, aka the late round QB. I will say, I was going through the props, and the props for this one are really, really good. Uh, so I'm excited uh, for the show. That'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern on my channel. And uh, other than that, yeah, we'll be back on, on Monday for Splash Play. Is JJ going to be doing some kick flips as to rep all the East Coast dads, East Coast skater dads out there? You know, that is definitely a genre, the East Coast skater dads. All right, make sure you follow at Peter Overzet. Check out Randomizer tonight at 7 o'clock. Follow at Chris Spags. Follow at Splash Play Pod, where we follow you back, whether it be on Twitter, on Instagram, or on TikTok, because that's the kind of love we show to you guys. I'll be back tomorrow, and I'll go check out Liam's stream in, I guess, 20 minutes, because I'll be over there. And uh, otherwise, see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.